I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. What a wonderful opportunity for this old mariner to be with you by means of radio. Special thanks. And uh, let's see if Balmai, give me a couple, a couple of bows is being given to those stations that air our program. Thank you for included, including us into the list of those who do programming here on this station. Wish I could do you some special music, but I better not try that because I want to stay on the station. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 126, our thought at this particular time, whenever you're listening to our program, Psalm 126, I'm going to read verse 3. You know, what? What? what's one thing that could make me glad? I mean, that could keep me happy, keep me with the joy of the Lord, and uh, that that's in my heart. What could keep me glad, David? talks about that in Psalm 126 and verse 3. And by the way, thank you for writing to us. Thank you for your correspondence. We certainly appreciate that, getting correspondence here at Fishers and Ministries International. If you'd like to contact us, an easy way to do it, if you have access to a computer, is just that FOMM dot or period O-R-G, F-O-M-M dot org. That'll come directly to us. You can sort of eh, shift around through there and find something you like. Stay away from the pictures, and uh, you won't like like that. Especially people say, Brother Mon, you do not look like you sound, you know. Well, you don't look like you write. So I could do that on my end also. If you'd like to write to us, call the station. Uh, that airs our program. Sometimes we have enough room whereby they can give you an address whereby you can correspond with us. But if you call them, they'll tell you how you can correspond and write to Fisher Mon. Psalm 126, verse 3. All right, I'm going to emphasize a word here. So see if we can get one word to jump off the page for you as I read it. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. All right, now what was it? You said, I think it was that hath. Yeah, H-A-T-H. The Lord hath done great things for us. And then it says, whereof we're glad. So what made him glad? All right, he realized what God hath done. Now what the Lord was going to do. But what the Lord hath done. Now it is for the child of God, for us, yeah. There's light down at the end of the tunnel. The best is yet to come. The retirement's out of this world. Understand that. But don't you ever forget what God has done for you. If you ever forget it, oh, that's why you get into discouragement and defeat and despondency. And we think about, we, we just forget, we forget the pit from whence we were dug. Do you understand what I'm talking about? What could make me glad by occasionally looking back and not into my sinful life? Oh, that's gone. That's covered with the blood, you know. Forgetting those things which are behind. The Apostle Paul was talking about those things that had to do with what he actually was guilty of. 
and seeing that God's people were not only just punished, but they were killed. Forget that old sinful past, my friend. But don't you forget the pit from whence you were dug. Don't you forget the Savior that died for you. So that's one thing I can think about. I can think about how God demonstrated his love to me. How did he prove his love for me? When I should die, he died for me. When the laws of God required my death, he stepped in to the scene to take my place. All right, what do we call this? We think about when Jesus died for us. We think about when we took and believed what Jesus did there. We think about the blood atonement, the blood sacrifice that was there. Uh, what happened when we exercised faith in the Lord? Let's see if we can get some of these some of these hats now. What did God do? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. When I trusted Christ to be my Savior, when I put confidence in that finished work, my friend, all right, it says in Ephesians 2, 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Oh, well, what is that? And you hath he quickened? A half has to do with the quickening there. What is it to be quickened? As far as my life is concerned, in the past, there was a part of me that was dead. You said, well, I'm sorry for you, Brother Munn. Well, I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritually dead, a part of me. Uh, now, the Bible talks about mankind being body, soul, and spirit. I had a live body. My soul was alive, but my spirit was dead. I couldn't understand the things of God. The things of God was presented to me many a time, and I, I looked at them, but I could not see them. Only God can open your eyes to truth, especially the truth about God's Son. You know, there are people that listen to this program that are trusting something other than Jesus Christ. Why would you do that? It's because you cannot see their see. When God opens your eyes and when you can see the cross of Christ, that eternal sacrifice that Jesus Christ made there on the cross of Calvary. When you can see that that sacrifice was for you, the fulfillment of all of those Old Testament sacrifices, all the way back to Genesis 3, that first lamb that was slain. When you can see that was for you, my friend, a quickening will happen. You said, what is that? The Bible says in 1 John 5, he that hath the Son hath life. The part of me that was dead was made alive. I am alive today, not only just physically. This has to do with everlasting life. Don't you remember John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but listen, have everlasting life. We think about eternal life found in Jesus Christ. So that part of me that was dead now is alive. I dare not ever forget that. Don't I ever forget there was a part of me that was dead. Now there's life there. It's called a quickening. Not only that, but in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, it talks about, and you hath he raised. Raised? And you hath he, what's, what, what, what is this quickening? Evidently, my position before salvation was one of lowness. Low, L-O-W. You said, what do you mean? My sins had pushed me further and further and further and further away from God. So when God reached down for me, my friend, he had to reach very low. The psalmist even said, he said, he talks about, uh, he talks about that horrible pit. What is a pit? Is that something up high? A pit. You said, no, 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 that's something That's something dug down in the ground. It was way down in this pit, indicating a position of lowness 
But Jesus reached down for us. And as far as this raising up, he's raised us up. Now I can look at things differently. It's like I was in the valley, and now I'm upon the mountain. And upon the mountain, I can see all the things that's taking place in the valley back there. And I can also see into the future in the sense of seeing mountain peaks of prophecy. I can read the book of Revelation now and all get goose pimples all over my arms because I see it, I see it, I see it. You know, I'm up on the, I've been raised together with Christ to see things. Well, with him, he's in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 says, he hath blessed me. He hath blessed me. He hath quickened me. He hath raised me. He hath blessed me. Talks about unusual kind of blessings there. He says spiritual blessings. He said, what is a what is a spiritual blessing? Well, number one, it's, a, it's salvation, you know. It's a blessing to be a part of the family of God. I once was an outcast, stranger on earth, a sinner by choice and an alien by birth. But I've been adopted. My name's written down. An heir to a mansion, a harp, and a crown. I'm a child of the king. See, that's a spiritual blessing. That's better than the money, my friend, that may come our way. It's sort of an unusual situation. I've seen situations where my wife has said, she said, honey, you will not believe this. She said, this has come in. This has completely taken care of a particular need. And the finances that was there, in some ways, they were spiritual blessings because they came for a spiritual and met a spiritual need that's there. But all uh, my friend, it's different from just physical things. We're so carnal. We just want things in life. But he said he's blessed us with spiritual blessings. My friend, I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What a blessing, you know. My friend, I have the blessing to be able to bow my head at any particular time and to be heard by the Heavenly Father. Prayer, that's a spiritual blessing. The blessing of presenting the gospel to people and watching the Spirit of God deal with their heart and save their soul. That's a spiritual blessing. And he's blessed me. He hath blessed me. He hath translated me into the kingdom of his dear son. There was a time I was an enemy of God. My friend, a child of the devil. I lived in darkness. I belonged to the kingdom of darkness. The devil was my father. Hell was my home. But now I've received a new translation. You said, what is that? Translated us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. The kingdom of of light. I was taken from darkness and placed in the light. I dare not ever forget that. My friend, if I forget it, joy leaves. If I remember it, my friend, oh, how the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. The Lord hath done great things for us. I remember this quickening. I remember this racing. I remember God's blessing. I know that God hath translated me, you know. We think about many other things we could talk about at this time. Always given us victory, has he not? Uh, when God saved my soul, he gave me victory in Christ. Have I always had this victory? Well, of course. Do I experience it? That's a different story. But the victory is there. Inside, there is the one. Every time I step to the plate, there could be a home run hit every time. Because that's what he does. But... My friend, have I chosen that route? Sometimes I have not. But he hath, my friend, given us victory in Christ. Revelation 1, 6, he said, He hath made us kings and priests 
a king? You know, when I should be escorted <clears throat> into the back door of heaven, bearing the shame of my past condition, Jesus one day in the future will escort me hand in hand and treat me as a king. I'm undeserving priest today. Kings in the future who act as priests today because those in the Old Testament would take, be used by God. They work with the sacrifice, brought the blood into the holiest of all once a year, the sacrifice for the priest himself and for the people. He actually brought people to God. Or today, we somewhat do the same thing. We labor as priests here on this earth by presenting to people the truth of the gospel, how that Jesus died for their sins and he shed his blood. The eternal sacrifice, my friend, uh, given through Christ, Jesus we think about his finished work, the fittest sacrifice. We present that before people. And my friend, it is God that has to open the eyes. But oh, I tell you, thinking about what is yet ahead. We think about the past. All right. I get excited, my friend, in what God hath done. It keeps me away from discouragement and despondency. Uh, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad he hath quickened me, my friend. He hath raised me up. He hath translated me. He hath blessed me. And my friends, we think about this blessing is in the realm of spiritual blessings. We dare not forget what God hath done. Don't you forget the horrible pit from whence, my friend, Jesus pulled you out of. The pit from whence you were dug. The Lord hath done great things for us, my friend, whereof we are glad. Now until next week, Fisher Munn saying goodbye.